I do want to tell you that um, we are trying to do something that I want you to pray about um, before I start reading. And this is not really anything that has to do with this message other than the fact God just said, you, you, I want you to say it right now. But, but you've heard me talk about for months all the work that's gone in over at the other campus. And there's something that one way or another we're going to do this. So just pray about it first of all because I want us to enjoy the fellowship aspect of what I'm going to say. But more than fellowship, I'm not really hungry for fellowship like I am worship. I'm not. And so... You know, I was thinking this morning, it's been four years since we did While You Were Sleeping Outside, which was also the last time we had an LOL event. And then we had a, uh, a rerun of that inside the church the very next year. And then uh, we handed out boxes and bags and helped folks out in some of the areas here in, in Scotland County. And then last year, we kind of did the same thing, feeding and helping out. This year, I, I just feel like the Lord wants us to focus on the family, which is the church family. So we're, we're going to dedicate that property, and I know I'm putting myself, you know, in a, in a crunch, but I, I'm, I'm saying this on, on the leading of the Lord, so I feel relieved in saying this. And, and, and other people too. Uh, but what we've been working on on the back side of the campus that that is part of the youth uh, ministry center, but, but it's really an area that the whole church is going to uh, be able to enjoy and benefit from, and it's outside. But I want us to do some kind of maybe like a Friday night gathering where we will all just come together. We'll probably have you know, stuff that we can't have January the 1st. I want to put that before you. But um, but we'll probably have music. I heard Rick has got a great, nice, brand-new guitar, and I'm privately going to ask him about bringing it. And along with all the people up here singing, and, and we're just going to have some outdoor fellowship and fun, but we're going to have some worship, okay? We're going to have worship. And we want to be through with it. And I tell you, God's just blessed us um, to be able to get what we've done. It's just been a miracle. There's no other explanation. Financially and physically, it's nothing short. But we also, at the same time, have been gradually in between rainy days. We've been starting to, to finalize and finish the work on... Uh, the, what I'm calling the corridor for the lift for upstairs, and we really we really want to finish that up too. So I need you to pray about it because it's just taking it's taking money and it's taking meat. And when I say meat, I mean people. And the Bible says don't be weary in well doing, but uh, I'm just trying to be obedient. We're trying to be obedient, and we're going to be obedient. But we, we need the church to pray with us, okay? Will you do that? That's all I'm asking you. I'm asking you to pray. I've learned by now 
When it's time to work, whoever shows up is who's showing up. When it's time to give, whoever's going to give is going to give, and you don't need to just keep that going. But anyway, I need for you to pray about this because this is something that God has started and God is going to finish, and we've got to be faithful with it. And So we'll let you know more about that. But I want to just go for a minute to something that God has confirmed, man. I, I had to preach last Sunday knowing that I was going to be privileged if I was still here and the rapture hadn't occurred to preach this message this Sunday. And I, I couldn't wait. I, while I was preaching last Sunday, I said, man, I love this, but I can't wait till next Sunday. And I know that God has ordained this, and I know we've already prayed, but I want you to take your hand, and I want you to hold it over your heart, and I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to say something either identical or like this, God help me to be a student of the word right now. Help me to receive this, Father. It's going to help me. It's going to help others. And it's going to glorify you. I surrender me to you right now. And your holy word. Amen. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 4. Paul is talking about some different things, and he is talking about different Old Testament people. But when you get down to verse 16, he starts talking about the experience between Abraham and God. And he goes on to say this, Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to the grace. So it's like grace has set the pace and grace has set the standard. And, and that's what Paul was trying to let the, the Romans know this. He says, therefore it is of faith that it might be according to the pace of grace so that the promise, the promise, might be sure to all the seed. You are part of all the seed. The promise is going to be sure, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all, as it is written. I, God speaking here, I have made you, Abraham, a father of many nations in the presence of him, God, whom he believed. God, talking about Abraham again, believing what God said. So that he became the father of many nations according to what was, smoked, was spoken. So shall your descendants to be. But I want to go back to verse 17 and finish that. All right? We only got through half of that. And I want you to listen to this because the God that he's talking about, the great I am, Jehovah Jireh, that does provide is also the God who, this is so critical today for you to get it right here, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. He gives life to the dead, but he also calls things that are not even existent, are not even working, are not even supposed to work, as though they did. And he says in verse 
18, the beginning of this, and this is the whole message right here. He calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who? Contrary to hope. This sounds confusing. I'm trying to help you and help us all. Talking about Abraham, who, even though it was contrary to hope, in hope, Abraham believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. Now, what Paul is talking about here refers back to the whole account of Abraham starting in Genesis chapter 15, but we're in chapter 17, and I want to tell you about this for a minute. And you got to listen to this or you're going to probably miss the whole rest of the message. And what God was saying that, that again, Paul was referencing here was that when Abraham was in his 80s, now, I mean, he was really physically in his 80s, about 86. He was told that somewhere around 86, you know, the calendars, the times, the schedules, all that's a little different now, but somewhere between 84 and 86 years of age, he was the father of a child by the name of Ishmael. Now, Ishmael was not by his wife, but by her handmaiden, uh, Hagar. And so, before this happened, God had given him a promise saying, okay, through you, Abraham, through your seed, what we just read, you're going to be blessed, your descendants are going to be forever and forever, a long way off. In fact, if, if we start reading here, and we won't get to all this today, there was a time when God brought him outside and he said, I want you to look in the sky. Start counting the stars. And I'm paraphrasing the, what, what happened. He said, I can't. There's too many. That God said, that's the way your descendants are going to be. Look on the ground at the beach. Start counting the sand. I can't. There's too many. God says, as many as the sands of the sea are, he said, that's the way, that's, that's how many children are going to come from you. All right, a lot of times, because of believing, and that's really another title if I was going to give it another title today, because of our level of believing God will a lot of times cause us to mistake a, a probably, and I don't like to do this a lot, I've told you that, a probably for the actual promise of God. See, Ishmael was, was not the promise of God. And if Abraham had not been attentive to God, he would have said, well, that's probably what God was referring to. God says, no, it wasn't. What I'm talking about is going to come from you. And then over, you know, 14-ish later, 14 years later, when he was about 99, somewhere... At his, around his 99th birthday, God says, I'm going to, through you and through Sarah, your wife, who was, the Bible says, way past the age of childbearing, through the both of you, I'm going to show you that I'm still the God of miracles. 
I'm still the God of no way, no way whatsoever. I'm still that God, and it's going to happen. It was such a, a stretch. It was so hard to even imagine that that they laughed, the Bible says. He laughed on one, and then she laughed when she didn't think she could be her. And God said, uh, why did you laugh? And she said, I didn't laugh. He said, uh, yes, you did. You know, when God tells you you laugh, I'm sorry, but you laugh, folks. <laughs> you know that? You laugh. And God didn't hold it against him. And God says, yeah, you're going to do it. You, you, you're going to have a child. So the Bible says this, and I don't know. Let me, let me just read this part. I'm going to start at verse 15 because you might get a little better. Okay, he said, then God said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarah. Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name, and I will bless her, and also give you a son by her, then I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of many nations. Kings of peoples shall be from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, oh, that Ishmael might live. See, that's probably, probably, probably. Then God says, no, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall beget twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant, think of promise when you, promise when you hear covenant, I will establish it with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. I want to tell you something here, because... I haven't thought about this until this week. For about a hundred years, Abraham was called Abram. He was called Abram. And God, God knew because he's God, he says, there has to be a change in a hundred-year-old man if we're going to bring brand new life through his body it's just so big of a, a miracle, not on my part, but for humanity to allow that, to receive that, and to accept that. He said, I'm going to have to change your name. So what he did, a part of the name of God, which Yahweh, the name of God, that's called Yahweh, one of the Hebrew letters is one of the letters that he Put into Abraham, which is also the sound of breathing. Uh, it's like air. And so he put another letter, the other H in Yahweh, in Sarah. Sarah's name. He did that. He said because both of them have to have a name change. God, why can't you just... Nobody's going to call us by the new name. Everybody's been calling us by Abram and Sarah. For almost a hundred years, a hundred years on his part. 
Is that really necessary? God says, look, for me to do a new miraculous thing in your life and on the planet, there's got to be some changes made, and it's got to start with you. I don't care if you don't see the benefit or the need in a name change at this point. You've got to have some of me in you if you're going to experience a miracle and a life-changing moment at this point in your life. And church, that process from God and His Word has not changed at all. Do you know you can be a Christian for a long time, but if you have not allowed God to do the things in your life that you think are unnecessary are too far at this point anyway. I mean, want my old name, want my old habit, want my old way of worship, want my old way of giving, want my old way of praying, want my old way of being available, won't that be good enough? God says, no, because the old you can't contain the new me that I'm about to bring through you. He didn't do it when they were 30 or 40, when they were 90 and 100, you see. When it was, the King James says, against hope. When it was contrary to hope is when God did it. They had to accept the fact that God was going to change their name in order for new life. So many people are willing for God and willing to allow God to do something for them, but they want to maintain their present identity. What do you mean by that? I mean, you want God to do a lot of things in your life and for your family, but Lord, don't require me to do anything new or different. I don't want, I've got an image to protect. I've got a reputation. I, I, I know other people that went all out in worship and service for you, and now people label them. You're already labeled if you're that far because the Bible says we are fools for Christ's sake, you see. And so this is what happened. They didn't care about their 100-year identity. They knew that if you're going to do this, give me a new identity, God. I don't want, want to be associated with the old dead Abram. I don't want to be associated with the old dead non-childbearing Sarai. Lord, change my name. Change my nature. Change everything inside of me. If you can change it and you will change it and you'll do a great work for me, through me, with me. I'm telling you, folks. Hey, I don't know if Abraham asked this or not, but I know I have asked this. Can't you just do something for me without having to do something to me, God? God, don't let me walk in here next Sunday with the same worship I had today. It ought to be a few decibels louder. Why? Because he gave me another week to see him and play with grandchildren and eat food and walk and live on this earth and read my Bible and do things. Yes, I ought to give him a little bit more next Sunday on the 21st than I did today. <laughs> to whom much is given, I believe much is required, church. I believe that. So, no, the Lord says, no, I can't. I, 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 you, I can't do it that way, the way you're talking. And a lot of people's got needs in this place right now. You see, in order for me to do something contrary to what hope was in your life, 
in order for me to do that, th there's got to be some of me inside of you because there's a lot of people I can start. I can start in the room if I need to. But some of them were embedded in the prayer request this morning. There's no reason at all to believe that God's going to remove cancer. There's no reason to believe that God's going to restore that relationship. We're already divorced. There's no reason to believe, God, you're going to meet my need. They've shut the plant down or they've said we're not going to work no more. There's no way. She told me, he told me, they told me, talking about my children, that they would never see me again. See, there's a lot of contrary to hope sitting out here today. You have no reason to hope anymore, do you? It's dead. It's impossible. It's so dead. I worship you. You are holy. You are God. You speak the things that are not as though they are, and we receive them this morning. Don't mean to put Krista on the spot, but as I said that, the Holy Ghost showed me Ron Cheek. There is still power in the blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus. Oh, God. Contrary to hope is all over this building today. We get used to it. Don't you get used to it, church. But contrary to hope. Contrary to hope, you see, God says, I'm still in control. God says, do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? Abraham believed God so much that he couldn't help but hope. He knew his body couldn't perform. She knew her body had never performed and produced a child. Contrary to hope, John Danny Williamson sitting right there, released from the doctor. Contrary to hope, Nicole Reese is sitting right there. Major heart uh, uh, surgery just a few weeks ago, a week or two ago. I could go down the list through here. I could go. Contrary to hope, Nikki's sitting right there. Brain surgery, aneurysm. I can go, Angie. We can do this all day long, church. Contrary to hope. But see, God is still able to move where we're able, willing to believe, you see. God's able to do it, you see. He believed in what God said more than what his body said. And I'm stopping right here for a moment to ask you that. Are you willing to believe contrary to hope this morning? Because the God that I'm talking about is still the God that speaks to things that are not as though they are. He's the God that speaks to the dead. You've read it with me now, church. He speaks life. Yes, he does. He's that kind of God. And this was not just Abraham, you see. Why Daniel? You know, in the lion's den, contrary to hope, Daniel still believed this God. Jonah, inside of a well, three days, and he was probably drowning and all kind of other mess inside of that well. But contrary to hope that seemed hopeless and way beyond God, 
and anybody else, he still called out to God, and God still made a way. The three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, contrary to hope, while inside of a fiery furnace, they still stayed faithful to God. And the man said, the king said, I think I see four men in there. You see, God won't let you go in a fire by yourself. He won't let you go into an operating room by yourself. He won't let you go into a courtroom by yourself. He won't let you go into a locker room by yourself. He won't let you go anywhere by you, yourself. Joseph, contrary to hope, when he was in prison and he was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, and that's why he was in prison, Joseph still, he still clung to what God had promised him years ago in a dream when he saw all those other brothers bowing down to him and all that got him into trouble. But you see, church, what I'm telling you this morning today is that contrary to hope, it seemed, don't hope anymore. Joseph, you've gone through your family disowning you and selling you. You've gone after fellow inmates lying to you. you you've gone after one thing. You, you, you've just gone through so many different things, and here you are right now. Stuck here, and you're going to rot and die in this jail. But contrary to hope, he still stayed faithful to God. And what about Mary that we're about to hear a lot out of? Contrary to hope, folks, she was a virgin, never been married. Contrary to hope, she, she still believed and she still cooperated with God and said, Lord, let it be according to your will. Let it be according, contrary to hope, folks, without me going into ninth grade biology again. She hadn't known the man. She hadn't fooled around. She didn't even wink at a man probably. But she still chose to believe God when God says, I don't care what the human anatomy says or science or anything else. I'm the one that made man. I'm the one that breathed into the nostrils of man. I'm the one that formed man. I can do what I want to. I'm the God that speaks to things that are not as though they are, and I also speak to the dead. I do this. I can call the dead. I, I am the God of life. And that's what God's saying today. What is your, in this room, online, what is your contrary to hope situation? What is it? What is it? Well, Opie, I've heard all that today. I've heard every bit of that. And that's good and that's encouraging and I'm happy for them people. But let me ask you this. Are you willing to believe? Do you know in this room right now the only thing separating you in a contrary to hope situation, the only thing that is separating you from whatever God wants to do with it is you and believing God. You know, we can go back through the Bible again. Contrary to hope, blind Bartimaeus still called out, Lord, be quiet, Lord, Lord, contrary to hope, Lord, I believe you're the Son of God, you can heal me. See, when you get desperate, 
when you get at your wit's end and God, I've got to have a breakthrough here. I know I don't have any business even believing this because I prayed for it a hundred times and I fasted during the Daniel fast and it still hadn't happened. I told the group this morning, I said, we all have uh, barricades in the way. There's a place that I just won't go. I'll get this close, but I won't move or kick over that last one out of the way because it makes me uncomfortable. I don't want you to label me or when the Holy Ghost moves and speaks through me I wonder what visitors and other people think and all so we just stay safe God is tired of humanity playing it safe church he wants us to be real so he can manifest his power and his spirit through us one more time before he calls us home I don't understand everything about God but I choose to believe that he said if it's for you it's for you if it's for them it's for y'all if it's for us it's for all of us in church today God still moves and wants to in hopeless situations but we've got to let him be God amen I want you to, if you stand up and I'm going to ask you an old song lyric, which is a Bible verse out of Isaiah. Whose report? Whose report? Everybody, look, listen, listen. This is the second part of, this is the third part of a service where the most robbery takes place. First place is during praise and worship. Second place is when the word is read and goes forth. Is spoken or preached. The third place is at the altar. The altar is where we sacrifice to God and say, what, what, what do you mean by that? This is where you bring whatever that hopeless. I ain't talking about money right now. I'm not talking about lambs. I'm not talking about turtle doves. I'm not talking about anything. I'm talking about you bring what you are willing to say, I won't touch it no more, God. You're willing to sacrifice, not holding on to it. I mean even bitterness, the, the wrong stuff that's happened to you. I am willing to lay it and worship you in spite of it, and it's hopelessness. I need everybody to listen to me. Right now, I am not speaking for me. I am speaking on behalf of holy God. I would be very careful right now if I was every person breathing in here. It's not time to laugh, look around, joke, or think about where you're going to eat. I told you this is the third part of the service where people are robbed every week. And what are you going to sacrifice? What are you going to say, God, here it is. Here it is. I'm bringing it to you. I'm going to lay it. I don't want it anymore. Contrary to hope, I know that I have no business in the eyes of the world and much of the church even praying or bringing this to you, worshiping you with this. I have no reason whatsoever. But, Lord, contrary to that, I believe your word. I believe your word. I'm going to pray for Krista in just a minute because the Lord is not a liar. And when he says do something, you better do it, church. When he says to do it, you better do it. So I, I don't know. I, I in my mind, without making eye contact with anybody, I've already scanned as a shepherd would sheep. I've already scanned. And, and there's some contrary to hope stuff right here, right now. In fact, there might even be levels that's so contrary 
You don't even want God to do it now, but you know it's the right thing that God needs to do. It's that contrary. I'm talking about deep stuff, church. I'm telling you, whom the Son sets free, they're free indeed. So here's what we're going to do before we leave. Are you willing to believe God so much to the point that you are ready to sacrifice it and worship God at this altar? Derek, I think I want to do believe for it. And this is the way we're going to do it. I know I'm going to pray for Krista. I'll pray for anybody else. But I want Derek, he was playing that pre-service song. We've done it one time. But I want him to pray, I want him to play that song. And then I want those of you that are here, I want you to sacrifice and I want you to worship God even when it seems like it's, it's, it's just foolish. All right? So there's plenty of room if you want to move. This, this part of the service from here on is between you and God. I've delivered my soul. I've been obedient to God.
cancer disappear I've seen metal plates dissolve don't you tell me he can't do it don't you tell me he can't do it cause I've seen real life resurrection I've seen mental health restore don't you tell me he can't do it don't you tell me he can't do it cause I've seen Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me. 
He's too good to not believe right now. God has been waiting for this song to be declared by the church to see Jesus get his full reward in every place in your body, your family, wherever it is. There's miracles being released in the room, in the great room, online, in your room. It doesn't matter where you're at. There's miracles being released in the declaration of God's goodness. If you need a miracle in your body right now, I just want you to lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. He's already been healing people as we speak, as we've worshiped, he's been healing people. You don't have to have people laying hands on you, but pastors, get out there and pray for people. Begin to declare perfect health and healing. I feel the righteousness of God in the room. The righteousness that Jesus purchased on the cross, the blood of Jesus is making your body right. I feel like this is born again again Sunday. Let's get born again. Let's actually believe what God has declared over us. Let's be the believing church. We're gonna sing this and just keep declaring this. And I want you to receive it. Prodigals are coming home. Cancer is being healed. Bone cancer, carcinomas, metastasized cancer. You die now in the name of Jesus. Deliverance in Jesus' name. Those who lost their mind, your mind comes back to you now. Demons leave in Jesus' name. Let's sing. Let's declare it, church. Let's declare it. I've seen cancer disappear I've seen metal face dissolve Don't you tell me he can do it Don't you tell me he can do it I've seen real life resurrection I've seen mental health restored Don't you tell me he can do it Don't you tell me prophesy over families today I've seen families reunited I've seen prodigals return. 
any person that's here or if anybody's even online and you don't know Jesus, this is what you must do right now. You've got to say, Jesus, contrary to hope that a lot of people have over me, here I want you to come to the altar. I need to pray with you. But if you're online, you need to say, Lord, a lot of people thought I was hopeless. Too many drugs, too many bad habits, too many addictions, too many choices, too many labels, too many demons, too many devils. Contrary to hope, I believe, I just choose to believe you could save an old sinner like me. So I give you me, Lord. I give you the filth. I give you the sin. I give you the doubt. I give you the shame. I give you, Lord, the hopelessness. I don't even, I don't even accumulate to be crumbs, Lord. But I give you the scraps, the remnants of me, Lord. And I say, here I am, Jesus. Save me. I don't want to go to hell. And I don't want to spend my, the rest of my life apart from you, Lord. I want to spend the remainder of my days in relationship with you. Would you forgive me? The Bible says absolutely. Right now, he will forgive you. Right now, he will forgive you. Right now, he will forgive you. Old things will be gone. You'll be that new man we just talked about last week. You'll be a brand new man. Don't matter what you look like in the world's eyes, you are brand new. You're not the same. And your life will never be more fulfilling than it is from this moment. Don't care what you had or what you lost or who you were or who you were not. Your life will never mean what it means right now. Anybody here? Anybody? Yes. Okay. I don't have... This is the microphone, but you can, it'll work. Uh, that's all right. You can, we can share. I just, I just, God's put it on my heart to give a testimony. And for some reason, it hadn't been until today. About, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. 1987, 80, 88, I was sitting in a chair in a service Springfield Church of God. And I had never been to an altar to ask God to save my soul, to give me new life. But that day, the Spirit of the Lord was moving just like just that. And He's been moving since we walked in this door. And He's talking to every one of us. And I stood in the center aisle, almost like this one, halfway back in Springfield Church of God. Lloyd Goins and some other brothers were sitting on the far front left. And I stood there with tears in my eyes, and I said, Lord, I'll fail you. I won't be able to do it. I'm scared. And he kept telling me, Robbie, you need to come to this altar. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke in tongues, and somebody translated it. It was to that effect. Robbie, you need to come to this altar. And I said, Lord, it can't be me. I'm not that stature. It can't be me. 
I said, God, if it's me, I said, allow someone that I know to trust to come to me and touch me on the shoulder and tell me that you want me to come to that altar. And people, I'm here to tell you something. When that second thought come out of my head, a man touched me on the shoulder, and his name was Lord Goins, and a lot of you know, and a lot of you don't. And he walked all the way from the front, all the way to the middle, all the way through the crowd that was where I was at, and touched me on the shoulder and said, Robbie, God wants you to come to the altar. Now, you read anything you want into that, but I can tell you today I sit right there next to that coat, and when I walked in here, I said, Lord, I said, if I need to make things right with you today, I said, whatever it takes, let somebody touch me on the shoulder and tell me to go to that altar. And I'm going to tell you, this brother right here, as much as touched me and you and everybody in this building on the shoulder and said, y'all come to this altar, God's calling you. And if you got a need, if you got anything, God's still moving. He ain't gone because this altar's almost cleared out. He's with us now Hallelujah. when we go home, but he's moving here with a lot of people to pray with you. If you got anything, I don't care how small, how large, whatever you think it might be, you might not can conquer it. You think you can't. Well, I got news for you. You can't conquer it. I can't conquer it. He can't. But as a man named Jesus Christ, that can. And anytime you want him to, you ask him and you mean it and he'll do it. Because I'm telling you, he's restored some stuff for me today. And I just thought God wanted me, this was the appropriate time for whatever reason. I ain't no preacher or nothing else, but I know what I know about Jesus Christ regardless of what I feel about me. He loves me, and he loves you. Amen. And I love you all, and I thank you for listening. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I love you, Pastor. I love, I love you. I love you. Lord, he's looking for it all over the planet, church. He's looking for it. If you, we're entering a season finding out what people want, but if you could sit God down and say, now he, I know he's God, but if you could say, Father, what do you want? He said, that church service, he said, where people are, what people are doing, wanting me, seeking me, and just believe it. That, that's what I want. P people not being in a hurry. You see, that's it. We don't even have, ha have time for God to, to move in any way, let alone a miraculous way. But see, at the 915 prayer today, God just made it known that he, he's, he's ready and God's moving. And we, we are going to have to let God do what he wants to do. And I'm telling you, again, that when you can say, God, I don't care. I don't care what people think about me. I just know what you did for me. Robbie could tell you for an hour on how many times God saved his life, physically saved his life from trucks almost going off the side of a mountain. And, and, and I mean, really. That there's, and there's many of those others in here. But folks, we are here. And we're not here just to wait for the train to take us home. We're here 
to let the world of all kinds know that God is still alive and he's real and he's still moving and he's still working and you have not because you ask not. And this right here is the way you ask God is by worshiping the Lord. You're not in a hurry for God. You're not purposely trying to stretch out service, but you don't care about the time of the service. See, God can move in 30 seconds, or he can move in 30 minutes or three hours. God, God's just waiting on this right here that started in here today, and we've got to let the Lord. And I'm going to say this, and I'm going to pray because the Lord's quickened me on it again. Because of the way the times are right now, and you got people watching and all that, I talked about kicking that over this morning, a barricade. And I told, you know, everybody's got a barricade, admitted or unadmitted. You got, if the circumstances are right, say friend or family or worrying about people's opinion, when the Holy Ghost spoke this morning, when I saw Krista, and the Lord spoke to me through me about Ron, about, and I'm going to tell you, because I'm going to be real with y'all. I don't have anything to gain by faking anything. But I hope y'all pray for Ron. I'll, I'll, the devil, now the devil is fighting as hard as, as you're trying to obey God, okay? I hope y'all pray for Ron. Y'all have anointed Ron. Y'all fasted for Ron and all that. But God's looking for that person that says one more time. And when the Lord spoke, and all that is for people that's online or whatever, you're not really sure about that because people get confused about that. All that is is the Lord praying through you because you're not able to pray, and that's what he said. That's pretty much, and sometimes it comes out when you're praising God, when you're by yourself. That's the Lord just on a different level just talking through you and you can't teach nobody you can't go to school to learn it it's just the way god worships or you worship through that and you don't even really have control over that okay i don't want anybody to be confused by that because sadly to say people have destroyed that experience by scaring people to death and see it that right there of allowing God to fill you with his spirit means that you have to pretty much kick everything out of the way because it might happen when you're driving to work if you're a lady and you got mascara on and you begin to pray and God just begins to fill you while you're singing a worship song and you get to work and it's bloody murder. And you just tell me, I just, me and the Lord pray. So see, you, you've got to get, to, or, or, or in church, and God begins to witness through you while you're singing, and it's, it's not audible where everybody hears. A lot of people here know what I'm talking about, but maybe some of you don't or somebody online, and a lot of people say, well, it's not available. It's not available because you don't look for it anymore. It's not available because you don't want it, because it requires you to get out of the way and say, God, I'm just an empty, I'm just an empty shell right here for you to completely fill me and do whatever you want to do. And see, you can't give a lot of explanation with that because now it's no longer about you and your pride and your image or your doctrine. 
it's just about what God wants to do to you. And see, this is what Mary and Daniel and Joseph and all Shadrach, Meshach, you have to get to, if you want to get to that point in God, you got to first have your name changed. Amen. You got to have your name changed. That's probably a good time for me to go home because that was really good right there. I mean, not what I said, but the fact that God said that in his word. I'm changing your name before I do this. I don't care if you know it by heart after 100 years of doing it. You've tried it for 100 years, Abraham, and it ain't worked, Jack. I got to change your name because you can't do this. So what God's going to do in and what he's already started, let him change your name. It might be your praise. It might be your availability that sparks the whole revival in this church and in this community. It might be you. It, might, it probably ain't going to be me. Y'all done tune me out. Amen. It ain't going to be me. It's going to be you, what God's already done today. And I want the Lord to let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart to be acceptable in his sight, your sight, Lord, because you're my strength and my redeemer. And listen, I want the Lord to bless you, keep you, and I want him to be gracious to you. I want him to make his face shine on you.